Welcome to Fireman Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Today, we'll be talking about annual planning every trainer should be doing. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearm Trainers Association. Head on over to their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Mantis X. A couple of years ago, I came across Mantis X at a trade show. I saw a lot of potential for myself and my students in it. Now, I can do my own dry fire practice at home and get expert feedback on what I need to do to improve my own trigger press. But besides improving my own shooting, it also allows me to help my students by having them use the device on their firearm to augment my coaching. It's like having an expert shooting coach right next to me with a student on the range. They work out so well that I actually had a friend who borrowed mine, then paid me for it because he wouldn't give it back. Get yourself a Manus Axe and you'll see why it's such a valuable tool for improving your shooting and your students. Well, we're halfway through 2019. And even though we may not want to think about it, as instructors running a business, we need to be looking forward to scheduling classes and creating our budgets for training in in the next year. So today, we're going to be talking with Matthew Marister about planning for the next year. Matthew is a USCCA and NRA firearm trainer, producer of the Concealed Carry podcast, a former police officer from San Diego County, and Marine Corps Staff Sergeant veteran from the war in Iraq. Welcome, Matthew. How are things going today for you? Awesome, Rob. Thanks. Uh, super stoked to be here. You told me I was uh, one of the three people that you've had on for a second chance, uh, second time. So I'm kind of, kind of grateful and shocked because uh, I, I think you squeezed out all the knowledge I had last time we were here. So I'm trying <laughs> to say something smart. <laughs> well, one, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is try to keep it fresh. Try to keep you know the various people and various points of views but you know just like last time we were talking about the instructor network this time we're going to squeeze the grapes a little different way (laughs) and you know part of that is planning you know we've all heard the phrase you know if if we fail to plan we we plan to fail Mm -hmm. and from an instructor standpoint i think it's really important to understand because our planning affects our students our students are the ones that keep us going and if we don't do things far enough in advance, guess what? Students are going to be planning their vacations. They're going to be going along and allocating training money to go to a different trainer because they didn't know you were doing the same course in in town. So they're now traveling two, 300 miles away, getting a hotel room to take a training class that they really wanted to take. Or even if it's just your basic concealed carry class, what are they doing? They're going out, they're Googling, seeing where the local concealed carry class is. And all of a sudden they're going to the guy down the street instead of your class because th- uh, they couldn't find your class. Those are, uh, those, those are big issues. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and, and we like to think that, you know, we have that, that students are, if they're looking for a concealed carry class, that they're looking up the, the instructor's bio and, and, and all this stuff. But truth, truth is, is most concealed carrier, uh, uh, students believe that this, the, the, you know, the uh, curriculum is set by the state and every single class is the same. So if this guy's charging 50 bucks and you're charging 80, that the $50 one is a better deal. It may be, but it may not, you know, for our advanced classes, you know, people will start to look at, 
you know, where's this person coming from their, their background, but for concealed carry, uh, unfortunately that's just, that's just how it goes. So you have to be, um, give, give the, the students or the potential students the ability to select the class that works for them. And if you only have one class every couple months, that's probably not going to work for a lot of people and you're going to lose, lose students. You're going to lose people in between there and coming up and, and having a, a set schedule. I try to come every October slash November, come up with what my, my schedule is going to look like for the following year. Uh, a, that allows me to go along and look and see how the balance between instructor classes as well as advanced classes and student classes all work in the calendar. So I can say, you know, these, these instructors get trained in early in the year. And they can come back later in the year to get some more advanced training. And the same thing when it comes to student classes. I want to be able to have those students take those uh, basic concealed carry classes from me or somebody somebody else. But I want to be able to have my advanced classes out there because in my experience, advanced classes, A, not everybody's skilled enough to train them. Two, most of the most of the students concealed carry holders once they go along and they get that initial taste of that concealed carry class will go along and search out you know advanced training now obviously not going to be a hundred percent but if you don't have the advanced classes out there and saying hey this is why you need to take it this is where my credentials are as you were talking matthew we're going to miss out and they're going to either not take advanced training which we all know that we want training people to get more training but it's also one of those things where are they going to find somebody else? I think in a lot of markets, especially here in Ohio, where both of us are, there's multiple avenues to go along and get advanced training. Not everybody does it, but we've, we want to make sure we're out there and they're, they're see us along with anybody else to take that advanced training and not just take it at the you know, closest gun range because they heard they've got a really neat tactical pistol course. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes I know the struggle is for a lot of um, uh, trainers is that unless you have a big um, company that that is established and you have a place where you train, where you have a dedicated classroom or uh, or range, um, it's maybe difficult sometimes to schedule classes so far out because, you know, you're trying to deconflict with sharing a range with another another company or you're renting a range. And I know that that's kind of a, a struggle for a lot of, a lot of instructors. And, and, you know, um, just recently I, you know, up until just recently I was going through that where it's difficult to kind of plan that out. The, the, the recommendation I would have and something that I found, um, is that put the cl- classes on the calendar anyways, schedule the range, um, you know, do plan it out in advance. And if you don't have students, then cancel the class, but don't wait until, you know, I know a lot of instructors will be like, well, I'm just going to wait until I see some interest and things like that. And, and you'll never get interest in a class that's not posted on a calendar. So um, that would be my recommendation for those instructors that sometimes are like, ah, you know, I, I don't have this, I can't plan for a whole year because my, my schedule is kind of, you know, you know my training facilities, um, I have to deconflict dates, but try to get those dates as soon as you can. So you have the first dates and then you can choose whether to do, uh, you know, cancel that class or, or uh, change it to another date or something like that. Yeah. And you bring up a good point because most of us, 
don't own our own, own facility. So we're always managing the time with, uh, you know, what the facility is putting on. And if we get our dates in first, we probably got a high likelihood of getting the dates we want versus being the guy who's like, yeah, next month I'd like to be able to do a class. And they're oh yeah, we already have this, this, and this going. They're like, okay, June would be a great month. Start the summer off, get all these people in to a class, but all of a sudden the dates are all taken. If we're mm-hmm. wind that back and say in October, we go to it and we show them the dates, we got a higher likelihood. And if we, even if we're going to a new range, I think there's a big, plus there and be able to go along saying i'm just not talking about one weekend where they're like okay this is a fly-by-night kind of instructor but you go out there and say hey you know i do 12 classes a year or i do 20 you know whatever the number is for you and show it to them from a very professional standpoint that i offer beginning classes offer advanced classes i'm offering these this combination for it we're like oh this guy really has his act together and because of that you know the board of directors we're going to recommend that they uh you know give you a discount maybe or maybe they'll give you preferential treatment when they go along with scheduling it all those things can work in your favor if you've got a schedule no schedule you know uh you, you've got you got an uphill battle yeah without a doubt and and, and you know it, it makes your whole life better you can schedule your personal life um, much easier around those dates and things like that. So that's deconflicted. And, you know, while, while you were talking about um, uh, scheduling dates and, and things like that, you can also, you can also think about, you know, in Ohio, we're starting to get cold weather, right? And so I know other parts of the country, right in September, late September, early October, it's already going to start having some cold days and stuff. If you, if you have a network of people that, you know, and other instructors, maybe you can, uh, if you have a schedule built out, maybe when, you know, you might not be running as many classes in the winter time, maybe you talk to somebody in a nicer weather area and say, Hey, would you need a co-instructor on, on a, on a date? You want to uh, co-teach a class? I'll come down there and help out and you're in a better better area, uh, weather wise. Right. So, um, so those are all things that you can take advantage of if you have everything planned out. But if you're going week by week or month by month, you just can't do those types of things and you're kind of, uh, holding yourself back. Yeah. And if you've networked and, you know, at the different expos and different, uh, conventions that are around when it comes to firearms, you might have those friends that you've met there that says, Hey, you know, Rob and Matthew have this really great low light kind of class. And of course, low light's kind of hard to teach in the summertime if you don't have an indoor range, but in the fall winter time frame, it, it can work out because it gets darker faster. But at the same time, maybe, maybe think about going South. If you've got an instructor that, you know, down there, they could either host you and, you know, you get some revenue, they get some revenue. And also too, there's always a novelty of being the traveling instructor to where, Hey, we've got a special this weekend or next month, Matthew's coming. He's coming from, you know, the great state of Ohio <laughs> and everybody like, Ooh, wow. You know, we, we hear a lot of stuff about the, about Ohio and he's traveling all the way down to Alabama, say, and mm-hmm. people all of a sudden take it because they've never taken a class from somebody from Ohio. Or, you know, and, and the, I think the same way could be uh, flipped the other way that sometimes in the summertime when it's too hot down south, Florida, you know, Alabama, along the coast, that maybe some of those guys might want to come up to your place 
they say, Hey, we're bringing somebody from the panhandle of Florida to where it's, you know, 95 degrees and 99% humidity up to Ohio. And people are like, wow, you know, this is going to be a really good class and take those classes. But if you don't have it on a schedule, you don't, uh, you can't go along advertising, get people interested in doing it. Because right. obviously, if you're going to travel, you're not going to travel to teach one person because that'll be a net loss. But you've got to figure out what that break-even point is for you to travel or for, or for you to host somebody coming to your location. Yeah, and you you kind of touched on something when you were when you mentioned about advertising and and, and all that stuff, managing that. So once you start um, kind of traveling and doing these things, um, the advertising aspect starts to come in a little bit more, right? Because no longer are you all word of mouth or can you go down to the local gun store and put out flyers or whatnot, right? So um, I know a lot of times uh, people struggle or instructors struggle with how much money should I put towards advertising? Should I, you know, should I advertise on Google or Facebook or whatnot? And I know this isn't about advertising, but, um, you know, people will say, okay, you want 10% of your adver- of your revenue um, going towards advertising. I think that's really uh, high for, for a, you know, a small business. But, you know, in, in our market, it's, it's really difficult in certain areas because you might be competing against 60 different instructors in a, in a hundred mile square radius or hundred mile radius, right? So um, what are you going to distinguish yourself um, how are you going to distinguish yourself? How are you going to get people there? And sometimes advertising is necessary. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a necessary evil, and especially the more advanced class, uh, the more you have to differentiate yourself from what they perceive they've already taken. You know, I've taken concealed carry class. I'm good. I've got my piece of plastic. But do you really understand the nuances of being able to make an informed decision? Do you know what the law is? Do you know how to handle low light? Do you know how to go along and do one-hand manipulations? All these different kind of things to differentiate your class and the students' minds to create that need where they're like, ah, never thought about having to go along and do a magazine change in the middle of a a gunfight. Well, most concealed carry classes that I know of don't go over that. Um, a lot of them don't even do one hand manipulation. So when you go along and think about advanced classes and your advertising, you've got to make those, those connections to create the need in your potential customers. Yeah, I, I would, I would add in there, um, you know, sign of kind of a self check and think about, cause I, I've talked to a lot of instructors, uh, you know, as they come through the instructor network and things like that. And in, in almost, I would say 80% of the instructors I talk to, um, believe that they put on the best class in the area. And I'm not saying that they're wrong. Um, they, they likely are because, you know, we kind of vet them and, and do those types of things. So these are not fly-by-night guys um, and gals. But everybody believes that their instruction is the best and they have the best uh, information for the student. But you are not doing any good for anyone, not only yourself and your business, but for that student, if you never get them in your class. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's like, we're, like I said, we're, we're kind of our own worst enemy because yeah, you might have an awesome class. You might be 10 times better at teaching and have more knowledge than the person who's filling a class of 10 seats every single week, right? You might be better, but that's not how businesses don't always rise and fall because of who's better. 
right? They, the student has to perceive the difference, has to be able to understand the difference and be willing to either pay more or um, be able to find your class. So all these things are, you know, you can start planning now because um, as we'll talk about, you know, a lot of things that are going to start coming in effect with taxes and, and things like that, where you're going to be all of a sudden doing all these things, you need to start doing these things now so later down the road, you can focus on what you need to focus on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And talking about taxes, it's a good segue into, you know, when you start looking at pricing of your classes and different things like that, um, probably one of those topics always trying to figure out, do you increase the price? Do you decrease the price to meet? You know, how do you go along and do that appropriately? Well, my best answer for that is you've got to figure out a budget. And, you know, you, you budget conservatively to go along and look and say, you know, how many students I have this year, you know, do I think there's going to be a modest increase in the number of students or a decrease? You know, what about the, you know, what do I put into that class and what's it cost me? And once you know what it costs you, then you can make a decision about, okay, do we raise the price? What's the competition doing? And, you know, one of the biggest factors with any of the, anything is go along and have that differentiator of making sure that students realize that, Hey, when they come to your concealed carry class, it might be $5 more, but guess what? They get the free lunch, they get drinks, they get, you know, they're in a, they're in an indoor range, you know, whatever the situation is, but you make sure that those differentiators are known. And the only way you can know that for sure is by going along and figuring out what the budget looks like and then making decisions from there, which obviously Taxes are one of those things we got to take into account on our budget too, because we've got to all pay taxes on what we're doing. Right. I mean, and the last thing you want to have happen is when tax season comes around, uh, you know, January, um, you start getting, you know, late January, early February, you start getting your forms. And all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, I have to pay the federal government taxes because uh, on my business. And you're like, I have a, you know, Christmas. I have to pay for all these other things that are coming in, um, other, you know, maybe your property tax and all this stuff. And you're like, I don't have this money. And now you're, you're stressed. Um, so, you know, being able to kind of project things out, sit down. And I know like the first year it's probably all over and you're not going to know, but after you start getting an idea, um, you can start anticipating and it may not be perfect. It may, you know, you may make $400 more one month and $200 less the next month, but you can start averaging that out and figuring it out because part of, part of your uh, process of, of budgeting is also, you know, I know with the USCCA, you have to train a certain number of students a year. And if you don't read that criteria, uh, you, you know, your certi- your certification can lapse, right? So mm-hmm. you ha- not only do you have to plan it for monetary purposes and budgeting purposes and, you know, advertising, but you have to look at, have I trained enough people this year? Because if not, you better hustle your butt to get people in the seats so you don't lose your certification. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are all things and calendar budgeting all help out. Um, you know, the other thing that budgeting comes into you know, I'm one of those people that love to go to training. You know, I love learning new skills, love, uh, you know, keeping sharp on things, but you also have to have a training budget like with everything else, because if I go and I spend 12 months a year training, what time do I have to go along and actually earn money to pay for that training? So I'm going to end up having a loss. 
But at the same time, I can't go along and say that I'm going to spend $100 a year on training because most of the instructor level or advanced kind of classes I'd be interested in would be a lot more than 100 bucks. And like you said, Matthew, I think once you go through the first year and you realize, hey, I spent you know $1,000 on training, you can start going along and say, okay, I'm going to make you know, a thousand dollars, you know, will be my budget. And maybe sometimes it'll be a little bit over because you got to travel someplace. Maybe it'll be a little, little under because somebody, you know, you're hosting somebody at your location that, um, you know, allowed you to take, uh, you know, save some money with doing that. And those are all things that you can do to go along and keep sharp as well as going along and feed into your budget. So you realize, okay, what, what's, what is this really costing me or how much am I really making off the training that, that I am doing? Yeah, because that's, I mean, we all instructors, you know, we want to teach and that's kind of why we get into it, but we also need to be able to make money in order to be able to teach. So there isn't a money aspect to it. And uh, I would say for anybody who isn't, you know, money savvy, um, not only for personal finances, but business finances, if anybody, I would recommend, I've read all Dave Ramsey's books. Um, um, complete money makeover. He has a financial piece. He has, a, uh, uh, his small business book. Uh, I think it's intro leadership or something like that. Um, but awesome source of knowledge and, and, and a resource into how to set up your personal finances and your business. Cause sometimes those intermi- intermingle, right. And sometimes they're completely separate. So, um, those are great resources. I think that the books have helped me and not just in my personal finance, but definitely in my, in my business finances and being able to, to really understand what is, what all goes into running this business. Mm-hmm. And, and it is a business. I mean, we might love training people, but at a certain point we got to pay for the gas. We got to pay for you know, ammunition. We've got to pay for our, you know, the posters, the books, whatever we're using during class, because at a certain point, you know, when we're not making any money, the significant other, our family is going to say, why are you spending so much time on the range and you're not making any money and mm-hmm. not spending time with us? Because at the end of the day, not to get too philosophical, it's more about family than it is anything else. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we enjoy helping people so they can protect themselves and their families, but we can't neglect our own, you know, family in, in yep. that. And, and, and that's a financial thing, too. Absolutely. You know, I, and if, especially if you have other instructors that work with you that you pay, um, I know, you know, for me, um, I have to go through those things and say, you know, I, I can't bring this instructor out because this class is, is so small and, and I can't pay them, um, what they what they need to be paid. So, um, so, you know, not all of us is this instructor business, our primary source of income. It might be secondary for a lot of us. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it does, you have to balance the two, especially if you have another full-time job or a part-time job or your stay-at-home mom, dad, whatever. Um, those are all, all necessary jobs, you know, whether you stay at home or not, that's a job taking care of a child and things like that. So um, I think, you know, we kind of go back full circle to the whole scheduling thing as simple as scheduling your classes out a year in advance or six months in advance might seem like, okay, yeah, I know, I know. But like, it really starts setting dominoes in place or, or things in place for you to do all these other things more easily and, and more efficiently. Yep. I agree. My wife, um, before I publish my calendar, I always review it with my wife. 
And the main reason for it is to say, okay, well, where do we think we're going to go for vacation? Mm-hmm. You, know, what, you know, what's going to be happening here or there are, you know, are you going to, uh, or in my case, am I going to need to take some time off during certain times of the year because of other family commitments? Um, you know, things, things like that to where it's like, I don't want to, don't want to cancel a class, but at the same time, I don't want to miss a family, uh, an important family event too. graduations, weddings, um, you know, those, those types of things where, you know, the dates ahead of time. Um, obviously, you know, somebody passes away, nobody knows that for sure, but you know, you do everything you can to avoid, uh, canceling a class or causing any kind of unneed, unnecessary, uh, schedule changes. Yeah, without a doubt. And and again, if you if you've networked with some other people in your area, there's nothing wrong with saying, "Hey, I had a death in the family, Rob. I have a class scheduled. There's seven students. I don't want to, you know, cancel two days in advance. Uh, are you available? Could you come up and teach this class?" And and you know, if you have those types of networks in in place, and you've reached out and built some um, some good you know friendships and bonds and things like that, then. You, you you can make your life a lot easier in those kind of respects. Yeah, but, uh, we're all competitive or competitors to one another because we're teaching the same type of classes. But at the same time, I think we have to have a very uh, healthy uh, perspective on it that we're also, you know, got each other's backs. I mean, mm-hmm. if Matthew calls me up and says, hey, Rob, you know, I need help with this class or I need, you know, extra books or different things like that are we there just for our own benefit? Are we trying to make the community better, you know, and safer and more knowledgeable all the way around Because if we're there for the community, then I really think it, it behooves me to go along and help Matthew out, even if he's a competitor to me, to go along and help the, help this uh, society be better. Now, you know, hope, hopefully, you know, I can, I can help him out. But if, um, you know, if I need something down the road and, you know, when you need something, it's probably one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, UPS hasn't brought the books. It's Friday. I'm teaching the classes tomorrow. I need to do something. And if you can pick up the phone and say, hey, Matthew, you know, can you help me? You know, I need some books or different things. All of a sudden, it really um, behooves you to know who the other instructors are in the area. So you can uh, trade off, you can help out, you can, uh, you know, offer assistance because we all know those times when things just don't go right, you know, car breaks down, whatever that you need to uh, call on calling some friends for some help. Yeah. And, and, you know, in a kind of a bigger picture, the type thing, um, the, the shooting community or instructor networks and community, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's relatively small, right? And like the people that you deal with in your own, you know, city or your own state, um, you know, you're building networks there, but you don't know where these people are going to, who they know. And when you go to these, um, you know, uh, shot show or USCCA or something like that, um, you don't know what building good relationships and building, a, a, um, you know, a, a kind of like a persona or a, a, rec, a, a feeling that if another instructor calls him, that guy's going to be right there for you. You know, if, if I, if I, someone asked me about Rob, I'm going to say, dude, Rob is a solid guy. If you need any help, he will help you out. And so you never know what, whose path you're going to cross and how that may benefit you in the future. So never burn bridges or be, you know, I mean, we all know that there's people out there that take advantage of people and, and that's just, that's just life. But um, don't be one of those people and try to help each other out because, 
you know, there by the grace of God go I, you know, you, you're going to be, if an instructor calls you and says, Hey, I need books, you know, I, I don't have enough books and you kind of, you know, Oh, he's a competition. I'm not going to do it. There's probably going to be a time in your future that you need books and you would love for somebody to reach out and help you out. So, or you've got a fantastic class where all of a sudden you've got 50 people for a concealed carry class and your assistant, you know, isn't able to make it because of something unexpected. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be nice, Bill, pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, Matthew or whoever the local instructor is, hey, would you be interested in earning some money because I've got this really large class I, and I can't teach it all by myself. I know your abilities. I know, you know, you're certified and you and your friend, you know, whoever else, you know, you think you need for, to put a class like that on, bring them together and all of a sudden you're successful. And guess what? You look good because you kept the class uh, on schedule and you just made a very good friend there because guess what? You brought somebody else in, they've made a little money with you and it's like, Hey, I really enjoyed working with them. And that's where you never know how that will pan out down the road. Without a doubt, man, I totally agree. Uh, yeah. So Matthew, that brings us to uh, kind of conclusion of the episode. Where can people find more out about Matthew Marister and the training that you're doing uh, around the area? Yeah, I, I basically train most in Columbus. Um, we came down by your neck of the woods a little bit ago and put on the Guardian Nation classes, but uh, I have my own little webpage. It's, uh, it's my first initial M and then my last name, M-A-R-U-S-T-E-R, Marister.com. And uh, yeah, I have, you know, even if you're not in Ohio or anything on my site, if you go on there, I have a bunch of pistol drills and things like that listed and you can download targets and stuff, just something to do uh, to increase some skills or train some different skills when you're at the, at the range um, instead of doing the same old stuff over and over. But yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing. And when I'm not, you know, helping out on the, on the podcast and talking about DGUs and things like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. All those, uh, other things that uh, you get fun to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm blessed, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, those, those, those are uh, good podcasts to listen to, to listen to what's going on around the country and, uh, put things in different perspectives. Yep. Well, thanks for your time to get today, Matthew. Um, I think learned a, learned a few things, and hopefully our listeners learned a few things too. Yeah, absolutely. And again, thank you. Very grateful to have, uh, be back on here, man, with you. Well, your wealth of uh, information, and hopefully all our listeners will go along and see the needs uh, to go along, spend some time creating a calendar, spend some time creating a budget, and really treating this as a you know a job a uh, company that they need to put a little effort into it because a little effort can go a long way in making them more, su- more successful. Um, we've covered a cu- couple topics over the last couple, uh, podcasts talking about, um, constitutional carry and how to advertise talking about, um, you know, how to go out, go out there and really make a difference when you're instructing. And I think this kind of wraps things up that, we as instructors uh, outside the range, outside the classroom, need to take a few, uh, a little bit of time to put our thoughts together and try to figure out how we're going to execute our plan. You know, do we want to be a really big business? Do we want to travel? Do we want to be a small business? But either way, how are we going to attract our clientele and how are we going to have the company have the uh, work-life balance that will make things uh, worthwhile to us? Without a doubt. Well, thank you. 
our listeners, uh, do us a favor. Uh, we're going to be going along and doing a podcast here shortly on classroom management. And we would love to listen, to hear from our listeners about problems that you've had in your classrooms and how you handled them. Or if you have specific problems in your classroom that you'd like us to address while you're, while on the podcast. If you have any suggestions along those lines, just email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com. If you have any questions, feedback, or other uh, pieces of information, feel free to send that to that email also. Visit our sponsors, and especially our the FTA, the Firearm Trainers Association, FTA Protect, and check out their instructor insurance. Follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Out there, we're posting information on a fairly regular basis, and let us know what you think. Remember, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to us at, and let your fellow instructors know about us. Also, send us episode ideas. If you'd like to us to talk about a specific topic, send us the idea either through the website, through the email address, or through social media, and we will see if we can work that into, the, into our uh, planned schedule of episodes. Remember... We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe and create a plan. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.